Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online Angel Communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're here with author Samantha Skelly, who is about to release a new book, Hungry for Happiness. Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yay. I'm excited to have you. So talk to us about breath work, about its origin, about how you kind of got into it. Yeah. So I struggled with a really bad eating disorder for about four, four to five years. And I grew up in entertainment. I grew up as a dancer and an actress. And so there was just a lot of pressure on my body, pressure to be a certain way, a, a certain size. And, and then as a dancer as well, of course, the, the, the pressures of needing to be, have that ballerina body. And so I had extreme body image issues my entire life. I remember being 12 years old in the bathtub and just thinking to myself like, "Ugh, I just feel gross in my body. Like I feel I feel fat, I feel disgusting, I feel ugh." And and I was at 12 years old, which is like so crazy. And so I never that didn't manifest into an eating disorder until I was much older, until I was about 18, where I started my first diet, the cabbage soup diet, which I'm sure many of your listeners have probably heard about that one where you just eat a whole bunch of cabbage soup and hope for the best. It's horrendous. And so that was the start of something that I call my diet depression years where I was on over 50 diets in less than four years. I had no idea how to eat like a normal person. I had no idea what it felt like to use food for health and hunger, like absolutely no idea. And so my connection to my body was so muted. I was completely numbed out. I didn't know the difference between what is an emotional hunger cue? What is a physical hunger cue? 
And so I'd wake up every single day with a mind full of thoughts that told me I wasn't good enough and I needed to lose weight and blah, 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 blah. It was just so intense for so long. I can remember waking up some mornings and thinking to myself, like, I cannot wait to go to bed. And not because I didn't want to be alive, but because I couldn't handle the racket in my mind. And so at this point in my life, when I was a personal trainer, I was also, or when I had my eating disorder, I was also a personal trainer. So I felt completely out of integrity, completely out of alignment. Behind closed doors, I'm struggling with food, eating my feelings, using food as a drug, using exercise as addiction. And then I'm trying to help my clients with their health. And so it, it felt completely, there was just such a divide just such a, such a break of integrity that I felt so deeply. Like I, I felt like I was a fraud. So I was living in London, England at, at the time. And I was like, God, I just need, give me a sign. Like I, I just need a sign. Tell me what to do. Like I can't keep living like this. I'm in an unfulfilling relationship, a job that I feel out of integrity with. I'm in a war with my, ba- with my body, a war with food. All I think about and obsess about is food and exercise. Like something's got to give. This is horrible. Like I miss who I used to be. The next day I got a letter that said I was being deported from England. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) That happened really quickly. (laughs) I was like, all right, God, you are speed, speed time. I get it. All right. I'll get out of here. So anyway, what happened was, long story short, just for people who are like, what did she do? <laughs> I, uh, I overstayed my stay, essentially. I overstayed my visa. I, was, I applied for a visa. It got denied. And I was like, oh, I'll just wait till they kick me out. And they did. So um, I, I moved back to Canada. And I remember taking off. I remember being on the plane. I remember taking off thinking to myself, I want to leave all of this self-hatred, unworthiness, body image, eating disorder stuff behind me. And like start a new new life. So I got to Vancouver where I'm from originally and I googled life coach Vancouver. <laughs> and the first person that pops up I'm like that'll do. <laughs> and so I worked with a life coach for a little while and understood. I was like I was like this gray-haired man will do. I think this is pretty good. <laughs> oh my god, so I know myself but like I'm cracking up over here. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So I literally go to this guy's house. I call him. I'm like, hey, uh, I need help. I've got issues. Literally, I was like so naive. I didn't know what to do. And I asked, I, I'm like, I, this is my issue. And he's like, okay, I, we, can, we can work together. And I'm like, okay. So I go to his like professional office in like the business district of Vancouver. I'm like, this is weird. And I, I go up there and he's the, he's the sweetest man in the whole world. We're so connected. We're connected to this day. But he helped me navigate this issue, which who knew a, you know, five foot, nothing gray haired man could really support me at this time that I really needed it. But he did. And he taught me the elements of compassion and learning to be compassionate towards myself. And, you know, he, he, he taught me all sorts of things. I was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that my eating disorder was because of my lack of self-love and empathy and compassion towards myself. Like I was putting band-aids on bullet wounds, trying to heal my emotional eating with dieting. And it was just making everything worse. So this one day, he was like, all right, I need you to start meditating. And I was like, you want me to meditate? Like, that's crazy. Like, my brain goes a million miles a second. You want me to sit my ass down in a chair and and do nothing? Like, you are out to lunch. You are out to lunch. And so anyways, I I tried for so long. I really tried. (laughs) And I sucked at meditation. Just sucked at it. 
as I was going through this healing process, I was reading, what was that book called? E Pray Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, right? And there's that, that part in it where she goes to Bali and she finds herself. She goes to this medicine man and she gets poked with sticks. And so I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Mom, I'm going to go to Bali. I bought a one-way ticket to Bali. Went to Bali by myself. <laughs> I tell this story and I'm like, I am crazy. <laughs> And I, I tracked down this medicine man. I was like, this guy's going to heal me. So I go to the, I go to this guy's hut. It's like I take a, like a scooter. I hop on the back of a scooter. No helmet. This guy is like swerving through, swerving through traffic. I'm like, well, if my eating disorder doesn't kill me, this definitely will because I feel like I'm going to die right now. And so we go to this, this man's hut. He drops me off and I'm like, okay, this is dangerous. I go inside and this old man comes out there. He doesn't speak a lick of English and he starts poking me with sticks. Actually, he spoke one word of one sentence of English during that entire time. And he goes, your brain is crazy. And I said, I know. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I came here and I paid you to tell me I'm crazy. This is so awful. So anyway, I, I get back on the scooter. I go back to, to where I was staying and I'm like, I'm going to try a meditation class. Like maybe if I, maybe if I do a class, then it'll, it'll work. Anyways, I show up at this place late and I miss this meditation class. And the next class on the agenda is a breathwork class. So I look up at the, I look up at the bulletin board and I'm like, breathwork? Huh? What? Like, what is that? Just breathing in and out? I'm like, that's okay. I guess, I guess so. So I look at the time and it's three hours. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're going to breathe for three hours? That sounds insane. I walk up the stairs. I, I go into this class and everyone is lying down with blankets and pillows. Like, like it looked like an adult sleepover. I'm like, what? This is, is this code for something? Like, is this, what's going on here? <laughs> what do they do in these parts? <laughs> like I go up to the teacher and I'm like, Hey, I think I'm here for the breathwork class. And he was like, he says to me, he's like, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? And I was like, okay, this is really getting strange. What is this code for? And he's like, breathwork will help you feel the entire spectrum of emotions. You will feel the, the deepest states of love and joy, and you'll be able to release a lot of sadness and anger and frustration and everything in between. I was like, this guy doesn't realize who he's dealing with. Like the only things I can feel are numbness and anxiety. Like I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm here anyways. I can't walk out. So I lie down and they teach this breath pattern. this interesting breath pattern that is only through the mouth, in through the belly, up into the chest, out through the mouth. And I'm circulating this breath. And within a few moments, I get a little dizzy. But then within a few moments, I completely am taken into this altered state of consciousness, this altered state of being, where I am seeing visuals. I am feeling all sorts of self-love. I feel electric, alive in my body. I don't, I didn't know how long that went on for, but I, I sort of came to thinking it was 10 minutes and it would, it had been three hours. And I was like, what just happened? What was that? I felt, I felt self-love in my body for the first time in my life. And it was like this deep, infinite, beautiful feeling of like, oh my gosh, this feels incredible. I felt the entire, like I felt everything. I was able to cry and grieve and let go. And at this point in my life, I was so emotionally constipated that I didn't even let myself cry really. Like it was so rare. And so I left that class and I was like, I need to research all about this thing. This was 10 years ago. People are just starting to talk about breathwork now. 
just like, it's just becoming sort of like this thing that's in people's awareness. And so I researched everything that I could. I took every certification that I possibly could. I I was so obsessed with learning this art and I used breath work to heal my body, to heal myself. Because I, I realized that when we use our breath, we connect mind and body, head and heart. I could, I could actually feel my intuition. I could feel the difference between what is an emotional hunger cue, what is a physical hunger cue. I could feel it all. And I no longer needed to rely on food to heal my, to, to numb my anxiety. I could just breathe through it. I could let myself have this experience. And I'm like, what? So I go home that day, I research everything. I come back to the studio the next day and I find this guy, this, this breathwork facilitator. And I was like, what was that? Like, what, what, is, what is going on? And he's like, that's the magic of your own body. That's the magic of your breath. And I was like, why doesn't everyone know? Like the whole world needs to know this. Why doesn't anyone know this? He's like, maybe you're the one to tell them. And I tell that story because I just think it's so funny that a seed was planted 10 years ago and now... I'm running a breathwork company and I never in a million years thought I would. So breathwork has helped me. It helped me heal my eating disorder. It helped me d- develop a deeper connection with myself. I, t- I, my first company, Hungry for Happiness. So that's the book that's coming out. Hungry. So that whole story is in the book <laughs> in detail. So my, my book that's coming out, Hungry for Happiness, it, it tells a story of breathwork and, and in detail, the experience and what you can experience through it. But I, I started Hungry for Happiness to help women who struggle with emotional eating and eating disorders and exercise addiction like I struggled with. And breathwork was the number one thing that helped my clients heal. And so it's just been the biggest game changer for that, my community. It's been the biggest game changer for, I mean, my staff, my team, everyone in my life who comes into contact with it. And so I'm grateful to be here and speaking about breathwork because I, I truly believe we are our own drug. We are our own medicine. And my vision and my intention is to disintegrate the, de- the dependency model and personal development. We don't need anyone else to make us fulfilled, you know, whether it's relationships, personal development, whatever. We have this infinite supply of love and resource and abundance in our systems. We just haven't been taught the tools to, to tap into it. And so through breathwork, that's the direct access point. And in, in, in my opinion and, and my experience, it's the most effective. <laughs> that's so beautiful. No, I love that. I, I follow you on Instagram. And a lot of times you say, in order to heal, you have to feel. Yeah. And um, you're so right on. And I think that there's so many different ways that you can access that within you. But what I love about the work that you're doing and what you're showing people is how to connect that body to that spiritual realm that you're feeling mm-hmm. because there can be a disconnect in other modalities that you don't always mm-hmm. have with breath work where you're, you're feeling so deeply into the body. Whereas Mm -hmm. with other modalities, a lot of times you're feeling out into the auric field and your consciousness has really left the body. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The way that I explain it for some people is, is our access point into spirituality and into our body is very different for, for many people. So, so the way that I've broke down this framework and what I teach is there's self to self, self to other and self to source. So 
one doorway in is going to be more accessible than others. So for instance, my door into spirituality was self to source. Like I felt way safer. My system felt way safer being, let me just go into the fifth dimension and let me just play with aliens and let me just, uh, you know, (laughs) and, and like really be with my angels and God and prayer. And, and, and so self to self was, was more challenging and self to other was, was really challenging. So self to other meaning, gaining the door in through connection, the relational door for me was more challenging. So once I realized I could use the self to source in to get in through breath work, then I'm like, oh, let me like deepen and let me stabilize the well-being in my other centers so that I can just have more access through other modalities. I love that. Well, and it sounds like you're very entrepreneurial. It sounds like um, I believe that probably 50% of the population is more ADHD lack of frontal lobe activity where your mind can just completely race and you're definitely more on that spectrum. Um, right. So, uh, you're busy, you're writing books, you're, you're running the seven figure business. What tools do you use in your own daily life? Like Mm -hmm. weekly or every day to really Mm -hmm. center? Oh, I love this question. So you're so right. You, you, you nailed it. I am ADHD. I'm like the poster child for ADHD. My brain goes a million miles a moment. And so I actually got this tattoo and I don't think this is video, but um, it, it says, it says be here. Mm. And it's such a reminder for me to be in my body. Embodiment is my edge. Yeah. Which is so interesting because I was a dancer and I have, I have good tracking with like mobility. And if someone's like, move your body in this way. Like I can do it because I'm a dancer, but the actual being here and, and landing and grounding, there's something that feels very unsafe to me about that. And it's been something that I've been working and working and working of like being earthy, being like, like being one with the earth. It's so interesting. My partner is super earthy. So he's just like super grounded and I'm like, so embodiment practices are a huge part of my work. And so a few things that I do that have been super helpful are like walking, like just walking barefoot in grass, grounding myself in grass, grounding myself at the beach, walking in the sand, like really feeling the sand and having like a focused attention on, on really being in the sand, feeling, feeling the grounding movement, like, like shaking and just feeling my body, feeling my feet on the ground. Like I am here. I am, I am, I am human. I am, I am, I've landed, you know, eating foods that are just like warming and grounding, like really hearty, beautiful soups has been like a really beautiful one. Any root chakra supporting exercises. So sounding like intuitive sounding to the vibration of like, uh, like that deep guttural feeling and then using crystals and prayer and all, all sorts of things. But yeah, being human and landing here has, has definitely been my edge. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I can only mm-hmm. talk about the ADH piece because I am, and I just really want to break that stigma that we kind of grew up with that, you know, it's different <laughs> or something. I believe that 50% of the population is there. So we just got to learn how it's our superpower and how to work with it. I love it. I seriously love it. It is my favorite thing. One of my favorite things about myself with my, with my attention disorder, (laughs) I can, I can, I can track expansion very quickly because I don't get fixated. 
And I think this is one of the biggest gifts of um, having ADHD is like, I'm like, oh my God, there's like so many things that I could do. And whenever something pulls me in and there's an energetic pull, I'm like, I got to follow that thing because I know there's, there's gifts, there's abundance, there's lessons, there's juice there. Yes. And so my, like my ADHD, I'm not even saying it right. ADHD drives Eric nuts. Yeah. But it's my favorite thing about myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we ended up finding a counselor, my husband and I, who is ADHD himself so that my husband yeah. could learn from him, like how to like come together with me. And what the counselor says is that this is everybody. Okay. Every relationship, 99% mm. of them opposites attract. So the ADHD spectrum attaches and attracts the non-ADHD because we complement one another. We bring out the spontaneity in them. We bring Mm -hmm. out the adventure in them. We thrust them into a life that they would not have lived without us. But they center us. They ground us. They force us to be more present, I think, in our daily life. This is... Oh my gosh. Yes. I bet you your husband is very similar to Eric. Oh yeah. They all are. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the the flagpole and I'm the flag, you know, like Mm -hmm. I would fly off if it wasn't for him. He always says to me, how have you survived 31 years without me? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, I really don't. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Well, and my, my counselor calls it a singulet because when they have a hyper activity and it's not just like men or women are one mm. or the other. I mean, this can cross men can be ADHD too, very much. So what happens though, is when you're ADHD though, for those who are listening is a lack of frontal lobe activity, as I understand it. Mm. And the opposite is a hyper activity of the frontal lobe. So my counselor calls it a singulate when you have that hyper focus, that they get hyper focused on one thing and it's Mm. hard for them to get sidetracked. Whereas we're chaotic to them because we can feel spirit working Mm. with us, pulling us in a direction. And they're like, but you just started this project and you're leaving to go do this other project now. And it's like, yeah, because that's where they're taking me. Like, I have to go. I have to do this. (laughs) I love that we're talking about this. And I love your mission of like destigmatizing the ADHD because it's right. You know, you think of like growing up like, oh, Johnny. I was diagnosed with ADHD and now he's got to be in the special class. And there's this whole (laughs) thing about it. Yeah. And I think like, let's not try and manage our, our gifts. Like don't, don't medicate your gifts. That's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Because then you can't, well, and I think for some people, you know, I don't want to diss all medicines because obviously there's, there's some, you know, so follow your doctor's recommendations, but Let's go back to like when your mind races, it is hard to Mm -hmm. just stop. And my Mm -hmm. listeners know this story because uh, they've been listening for the last couple of years, but I was go, 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 go until I started to have suicidal thoughts and Mm -hmm. I ended up in a hospitalization where they Mm -hmm. take away your phone, they take away everything. Mm -hmm. You don't have access to anything except for books, writing utensils, paper for, you know, a week. And, Mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I had brought silence and stillness into my Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and I could just breathe. And that's Mm -hmm. the word. I mean, Mm -hmm. it all starts with breath. 
Yeah. Every single emotional state is connected to a corresponding breath pattern. So I call it the vacation breath, but the... Like if we are in the sympathetic fight or flight state and our systems are activated and charged and we're... When we manipulate our state and our sympathetic nervous system through just the breath and we tap into the breath of the parasympathetic, that relaxed breath, we down-regulate our nervous system so that we can live in that like rest and digest place, which is so beautiful, which is where we all want to be. And our brains are 2 million years old, so we are constantly in survival and it's up to us to, to train ourselves to move from the survival into thriving, into expansion. You know, we, we have a very unhealthy relationship with uncertainty off, often. And so if something's uncertain, it's scary and it's really bad. But what if we were to change our relationship to uncertainty to a place of possibility, creativity, openness, you know, and, and really settle into that? The world would be like a much more creative and beautiful place, I think. Oh, I love that. And I want to take it in two different directions because here's where they're going with this is on one hand, we, I believe we have to do our work all the time, right? Because we can, even as healers, get into Mm -hmm. this work, be doing this work. We can be in the yummiest vibration and then Mm -hmm. life picks up and your workload picks up and you have to make it a conscious effort. It's not like we do this for a period of time. It's not like we take Mm -hmm. a course. It's, It's incorporating it into the thread of our lives. And mm. creating systems that bring us this peace and mm. allow us to live in this resetted of the nervous system of this, mm. this vibration of peace more and more throughout our lives. Not all the time because we have to do mm. different things and we have to act and, and sometimes that requires a different vibration, but... I love all of the different tools that you talked about Mm. earlier because I had never heard even people talking about food in that way, you know, Mm. using food as a spiritual tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Our relationship with food is a blessing. And for someone listening who's struggling right now with binge eating and emotional eating, I totally get that that might be like, ah, what do you mean? But what food is doing is it's showing us the parts of ourselves that we have yet to come home to. And healing is a homecoming. It's a homecoming of us coming back and and sitting in the places that we've neglected, sitting in the places that we've abandoned, feeling into the darkest parts of ourselves and letting ourselves know it's okay to it's okay to be here. It's okay to feel this. It's okay to it's okay to allow It's okay to give yourself permission to break down and cry. And so when we are using food as a drug, what our bodies are telling us is there's something to be felt here, right? And and going back to what you shared earlier from my content is like, we got to feel in order to heal. You know, I pray over the interviews and I sit down with spirit beforehand and I channel out. And I'm going to be honest, there's certain times where they're like, let's go in this direction. And I'm like, no, I really don't want to go in that direction today. And they said that we were going to talk about food. And I was like, no, I really want to talk about the breath work because I talked about food on Mm. an episode like two episodes ago and I just replayed it over and over in my mind because I have this relationship with food where I have been an emotional eater my entire life Mm -hmm. and I got a handle on it 
probably five years ago when I really started to dive into meditation. And I really created a practice of getting to the gym and working out with weights. And Mm -hmm. since being home, it's been hard for me to find systems with COVID-19 that are working for me. And Mm -hmm. I don't find it very easy. Like I like in my spiritual practice to be outside of my physical body. I do not like to be rooted inside my body. I feel that alignment with spirit. I feel them talking to me. I feel when my angels are around. I'm good when I'm up above. I don't like the feeling of being grounded. So I have, I didn't really want to talk about the, on the podcast, but they're pushing me to go this way anyway, because I feel like you've got tools that, that everybody Mm. listening is supposed to use and understand. It's not about weight for me, right? Like, I don't give a shit if I am 200 pounds or 115 pounds. It's not about a size. It's not about a weight. I believe that all sizes are beautiful. It's just about not feeling good. Because when I'm eating certain things, I feel more of like a fibromyalgia throughout my entire body. And it kind of cycles. So I'll start to feel this chronic pain all over when I'm eating a certain way. And then I eat to kind of comfort that Mm -hmm. because as you're eating, it subsides, but then Mm -hmm. it comes back right after. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I love, I love what you said there, you know, of let's, let's pay attention to the felt sense we desire to feel in our body. Like what is the energetic environment that we want to create in our systems? And then, and then once we're there, it's like, we can absolutely release the number on the scale and let the body do what it wants, you know? And I, I know that I, I have a very specific feeling that I want to feel in my body, a, a specific energy level that I desire to be at in order to do what I do in the world. And whether, you know, that's being a full-time mom, whether that's whatever your role is in the world, it's like, how do you want to show up to those things? I think everything is so sacred. Every moment is so sacred. And I know when in days I was in my diet depression, I was feeling depleted and lethargic, I couldn't see the sacredness in, in, the, in the simple little moments because I was so consumed with feeling lethargic and feeling bleh. I don't want, I don't want my life to be a series of moments that feel bleh. I want my life to be a series of moments that are beautiful. And if that means I'm 60 pounds heavier than I am now, okay. It, it, it's, it's such an interesting shift. And I think one of the biggest things with women's bodies is when it comes to body positivity, body love, it's like we really got to treat this on an individual level. There's some women who will look at the body positivity, you know, hashtags on Instagram and go, that woman is, you know, 250 pounds and she is loving her body. How come I can't do that at 120? You know, and there's just a lot of pressure. And so my philosophy with the path to body love is we've got to you've got to first accept, and this might seem counterintuitive, so just stay with me. We have to first accept the fact that we don't like our bodies. We got to accept exactly where we are and, and, and love ourselves anyway. I don't, I don't like this, but I, but I get to I choose to love. And once we can do that, then we come to a place of just neutrality. You know, there's no charge. It's not like I hate my body, but you're not quite at like, I love my body. It's just, okay, I'm neutral. This is my physical body that I've been given. Let me now develop some gratitude and appreciation and just honor it for all it does. And then through the micro steps of having appreciation, honoring it for all it does, really 
moving it in the way it wants to move, uh, eating in the way that your body wants to eat, not your mind because it's attached to a certain weight loss goal, but just what does your body want to eat right now? How can we just truly listen and feel for that? And then we'll get to a place where we feel loving towards our bodies. But for women who've hated their bodies for 30 years, expecting them to make that shift immediately, that's a tall order. That's a tall order. So I think, you know, letting yourself be exactly where you're at and having full honesty and not letting positive thinking override the truth. Explain that. Not allowing positive thinking to override the truth. So for instance, if the truth is, man, I feel really uncomfortable in my body. Like I feel, it doesn't feel like me. I don't like this. There's like that feeling. But then the positive thing would be, I love myself. I love myself. I love my body. I love my body. I, like trying to positive think our way there will never work. We can't think our way out of an eating disorder. We can't think our way to happiness, you know, just through like force. We got to sit with the truth, right? So it's two. It's, it's about sitting with the truth of what is and then also setting a vision for what we desire. Whatever you desire, you deserve to have. But we first have to be real with what is. We got to love what is, yeah. whatever it is. You know, I've got, that's the tattoo on the other arm is love, loving what is as it is. Even if our ego is saying it shouldn't be this way, our heart will say, let's love it anyways and let it transform. Things transform when we love them. You know, look at, look at a little kid. We love the crap out of these little beings that drive us crazy, but they transform through our love because they feel it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that has been the biggest eye-opener for me this year throughout everything is just I am fully human and just accepting myself for where I'm at. And you know what? I've done my makeup about three times and my hair three times since COVID started. And I I write on my hand when I know I'm going to forget something because... If I look down at my hand, I know I'm not going to forget and it's going to get done. And (laughs) you know what? And I know like I went out to lunch with my aunt the other day and she's like, you're still writing on your hand. You're not 14 anymore. And I go, no, you're right. I'm 38 and I'm still doing that because that's exactly who I am. And it's working for me. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. You know, it's like, let's not forget what brought us to life as a kid. Like yeah. there's, in, in my opinion, there's no such thing as adults. We're all just grown up children. Totally. You know, and, and, and when we can embrace people listen to this show because you are who you are and you're so authentic and you just show up and you're so real and you just, you speak the truth and you tell people of your darkness. And then you also share the lightness and you're just beautiful in that, in that way. And that's what people want. They're like, ah, man, I want to be able to do that. But when we have these identities of what it means to be an adult, we, we, we cage ourselves in these, in these roles. And then we try and perform in this role, which is not authentic to us. And so how can we just tap into our childhood? What did you love to do as a child? What brought you joy? And how can we begin to integrate some of that now? Cause that's, that's the stuff that makes us feel alive, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great idea. And that's really why I wanted to have you on today, Samantha, is there are so many people listening. And I feel like we've just ebb and flowed since COVID-19. And we've talked about some heavier things here. And I want to lighten it up for people. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand that they can be who they are. And Mm -hmm. no matter where they are at their journey or where they are at the point in their journey, that it's okay. And, Mm -hmm. And so talk to me about 
what tools people can use to really lighten the heaviness. <laughs> oh my God. I and you know, <laughs> and I got to say too, I saw your post. What was it? The mullet. You had like a picture of a mullet and you're like, maybe 2020 will be like a mullet. It'll be a party on the back end. And I was like, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you know, so, so, so I believe you know, if we, if we look at a spectrum, there's expression and depression. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, what if we were to, and, and I, man, I have had anxiety disorders. I have had all the things. Yeah. And I, when I look at my life, I'm like, the times that I had the most anxiety were the times that I didn't let myself express. Mm. You know, and I want that to, I want, I want everyone listening just to like feel inside in your own life. Where in your life can you add in a little bit more color? Where in your life can you add in a little bit more expression? Where are you not fully speaking your truth? Where are you not fully, like if you want to just like move your body in a way that feels good, like where are you not doing that? Where are we not, go ahead. For those, of, for those who have buried their feelings for so long, give them some examples of mm. colorful expression because I think that mm. there are people who have buried so much and they need mm. that to grasp onto. Yeah. I would say here's one thing that I love doing on a weekly basis. So when we think of burying our feelings, which I did for many, 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 many years, I was very good at that. I, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I'm going to open up a can of worms and I'm going to cry for four months straight, which is, which is what happened, by the way, <laughs> after that breath or session, which is, which, is, which is so beautiful. And I think I've, since then, I've completely changed my relationship to pain. And I, I now am grateful when I experience pain in my body because I know that I'm learning, I'm processing, I'm healing, I'm growing. But here, here's what we want to do so the mind doesn't hijack our experience. This exercise is super easy and is one of my favorite exercises that I do. I, I close my eyes and I just locate in my body. Like, where am I feeling a contraction? Don't label it. Don't name it. Don't try and figure out why it's there. It doesn't actually matter. Where is the contraction in my system? I experience a lot of pain in my solar plexus, my power center. And so what I'll do is I'll just tune into that and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say like, I am, I am observing this sensation in my body. Like, okay, it feels like a little bit tense. It kind of makes my heart beat a little bit more and I'll just name it. I'll just note it. I'm just witnessing the contraction. Then what I'll do is I will dance. I will move in the way that that contraction wants to be moved. So I'll just like, I'll just start swaying my body and, and using sounding like, uh, and just sounding out the, the, the sensation because what we want to avoid is us trying to think about why we feel that way and then think about how to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So when we are dancing and I, when I say dance, I don't mean performance. Like you're going to put on a show. I mean, just moving your body, like moving your body and seeing if we can move and, and, and really get into that contraction and breathe and release it and let it go. There's three ways to move energy in the body, through movement, through sound, and through breath. And so when we can do that effectively, we bypass the mind because the 
the fact is we don't need to know why we're, why we're depressed. We don't need to know all the little tiny little details of this is why, and this is why, because my dad said this when I was five years old and then blah, 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 blah. like context in some regard is important, but what happens is, is it distracts us from just healing and moving the energy. Mm. We all have it. You know, we all have trauma. If you're human, you're trauma. Oh. You, you've got trauma. You know, our parents could have been like a plus parents and still trauma could have occurred. So movement and just letting the body just like move and, and scream if you need to breathe, if you need to, that's like one of my favorite ways to open that can of worms, you know? Yeah. That's so fascinating too, because what spirit always shows me is that energy is always here outside in our auric field. Like put your hand way out in front of you. That's Mm -hmm. where it starts, right? And it'll come closer and closer in. The more that we attach to it, the more that we think about it Mm -hmm. and cycle on it comes into the body. And that's where it can actually grow and stay put if we don't do our work on it, right? But our work Mm -hmm. could just be breath work or like you were talking dance. to really get it up and out and to release. I think people feel so much better. I'm so excited because you're going to do a meditation that's actually on your app that's coming out, but hasn't been released yet, right? It hasn't been released yet. I am, energy is so important to me. And so this app is, pause breathwork has a certain frequency. And I know when I'm on that frequency, it's ready to go. Yeah. And so we were, we, we were supposed to launch earlier this year and the frequency and the, there was just some energetics that were not quite there for me yet. And integrity of energy is so important to me when I'm creating. And I know this app is going to reach millions of people all around the world. And I really am so, I, I am holding the energetics and the integrity of it in such a high regard that I'm, I'm waiting and I'm cultivating and we're getting there. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. So this is a breathwork piece that you're going to do on the Thursday episode so that people yeah, yeah. Can, can try it. But you have mm-hmm. so many different YouTube videos, and I want to get to that in a second. I want to ask you one more question, though, before we go. Mm. You have said that you have spent like, what was it, like $300,000 on personal mm-hmm. development. and. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing when I was praying on your energy this morning before we came to the session, they were saying that your female ancestry on the other Mm. side, so from your mom's side, is really like a lineage of healers. And Mm. they're all working with you because I asked if it was just one person and they said, no, they circled you Mm. with a lineage from your, your maternal side. And they said they... They want you to know that you have so many gifts that Mm. you're going to be working with. And I feel like you are so intuitive with all of the information and the downloads Mm. that you receive. So I'm wondering with all of that personal development, all of Mm. that natural intuitive ability that you've been working on yourself all of these years, what are the main couple of things that just everybody needs to know in this world to just be on track. We are our own drug. You are your own healer. And we are not here to pay bills and die. Like every moment gets to be a sacred moment when we allow ourselves to pay attention. If we're not, if we're not in awe of this experience, we're not paying attention. Yeah. 
Mm, That really resonates. I'm so excited for your journey, Samantha. You've got the book coming out. You've got so many healing sessions that people can just listen to on YouTube. Samantha Skelly, tell everybody where they can find the book, where they can find, because are they pre-ordering and where they can find your website and everything? Yes, absolutely. So if you go to hungryforhappiness.com slash book, and you pre-order the book, you can put your receipt number in there and we will gift you the 21-day food and body meditation, which is normally like 50 bucks. So you have that for free. So head on over to hungryforhappiness.com slash book. And I am on Instagram at Samantha Skelly, very, very active over there. And then all things breathwork live at pausebreathwork.com. Ah, perfect. And we'll put all of that in the show notes below so that everybody has it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you.
Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them. Welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, 
God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination your DNA strand. Now the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close and as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. 
for all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves. God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.